When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. If you've wanted yet feared to do work that is weird, this is the show you just need to hear, where it is revealed how people got into a field that very much appealed to them, you know, following your passion and all that, you know, blazing your own trail. They finished with success because they kept on trying each time they failed. Now let's listen to them speak about their jobs, which are quite unique. Weird work. How's it going? Hey. I invited my friend Doug over the other day. Now, besides having maybe the greatest laugh I've ever heard, (laughs) Doug's here to play a little game with us this week. A little bit of trivia. But we're not talking your local pub trivia. No, no, no. First, a quick how this works. So, six questions each week, delivered to your phone or online honor system rules. This means no Google, no Bing, no chat GPT. Basically, no whatever the hell people are using to cheat on anything these days. This trivia is the real deal, and it's called Learned League. Doug's kindly agreed to read us today's questions. Thank you, Doug. All right, first question. What word completes the first line of the theme song to the TV series Barney and Friends, sung to the tune of Yankee Doodle? Barney is a blank. Got it. Next question. An irredentist's unification movement militant wing known as EOKA existed at its peak during the 1950s on what is today's What Island Republic? Yeah, your mind starting to play fuzzy on you? Strap in, baby, there's plenty more. Next question. Fill in the blank in the name of the following album, recorded in 2010 and posthumously released in July 2021. Welcome, blank America. Precise answer required. If you think Close Enough cuts it with these answers, mm-mm. Next question. A roughly figure eight shaped path known as an analemma, A-N-A-L-E-M-M-A, is most often associated with what object? How many you got so far? Doug, another one? (laughs) Here's question five. Ultimate rewards, which is spelled U-L-T-A-M-A-T-E, Rewards, so not ultimate, but ultimate rewards, is a loyalty points program offered by a multi billion dollar retailer with stores in all 50 states that sells, per the company's name, what types of products and supplies. Last question, people, keep it together. This is it. Final number six. <laughs> Q 
Kiwi Caleb Shepard made history on July 30th as the first male to win a Women's Olympic Games medal, earning a silver in what sport while facing his eight fellow New Zealand teammates? All right, all right. Answers at the end of the episode. So go ahead, chew on them a bit. Because it's time to talk to the man behind the messages, the wonderful wizard of trivial Oz, the learned league founder, and Kamish himself. If you're part of the league, you might know him as Thorsten A. Integrity. But around here, we know his true identity, Shane Bushfield, and his methodical approach to moving careers from Microsoft to Trivia Master might just help you make the jump to pursue your own passion. I'm Sam Balter, and this is Weird Work. So so it started in, um, what was it, late 97? Like, the end of 1997 was learnedly won. And there's definitely a point in time where you go from, you're in business school, you're all, you're doing this on the side, and you're at Microsoft, and then you decide to do this full time. Were you scared? Were you like nervous? Like, because you did best, you're at business school, you know, you've had all these jobs, you've worked in fancy companies. You didn't necessarily grow up in like the richest neighborhood or anything like that. You got a really solid track going and then you just kind of go in a different direction. Yeah. So it was risky and a little scary. Like I didn't realize the risk that I was taking. So this was 2014 when I left Microsoft. And so, you know, I was obviously married and I had, you know, two kids who were 11 and eight. So, you know, this is like, I was supporting a family and all this stuff. So yeah, that was a big jump. But having said that, I didn't like go into it blindly. I, I, I feel like I knew what I was doing. So I had started charging for Learned League a little bit before this, like a couple of years before. How much did you charge when you started? So at first it was just kind of like, I ever have a fundraiser. Like, do you want to donate to support the operation of Learned League. And then that kind of just evolved to where like, would you like to donate? Got to the point where, okay, you have to donate, pay what you want. And then it became pay what you want, minimum $5. <laughs> and then it became pay what you want, you know, minimum $25, right? And then different levels and so forth. But the structure where it's like, you have to pay a certain amount, I think was around 2012. Okay. You know, I, would, I wasn't like raking in a lot of cash really from Learned League. The, the year that I left Microsoft, I think I made like a quarter from Learned League that I was making from Microsoft. And that's not including all the benefits, right? Healthcare and stuff. Were you making bank at Microsoft? Well, I mean, I was, <laughs> I, you know, I had been there for six years and I started yeah. in a so you know, <laughs> mid-manager position. So... I I left a very stable <laughs> career. That's there's no doubt about that. I can't help but also notice that Microsoft stock has just gone straight up <laughs> ever since I left. Um, but 
my point is that when I did that, I basically kind of used my MBA training for once and, <laughs> and built like a business plan with like milestones and all this stuff. So like, you know, here's the structure of it. Here are the milestones and the targets. Cause I actually, I had to sell this to my wife. Right. And you know, that's not the easiest thing to do. So I had, I, you know, but she, she trusted me. There wasn't really any conflict about this, but you know, I built in these milestones by this point, I have to have increased the revenue to this point. And, uh, you know, by this point, if I'm not here, I need to update my resume by this point. <laughs> if I'm not here, I need to be working somewhere else, you know, that all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was really pretty formal. I was proud of myself, even though I had no <laughs> one to show it to because except my wife who didn't really care about that stuff. She just wanted everything was going to be okay, <laughs> but it all was okay. I went zoomed past all those milestones. So that's awesome. Yeah. So just just so I have this, to someone who has never heard of Learned League and has a short attention span, how would you describe how it works? Okay, so Learned League is an online head-to-head private trivia league. So it's basically a private club of trivia enthusiasts in a worldwide competition. Okay, let's say I sign up, I'm ready to play. Okay. What is the experience like for me? I think the typical experience is that you were referred to the league because you have to be referred in order to join. You were referred to the league by a friend or someone that you know. And that person, not only do they vouch for your integrity, they also think that you'd be into this, that you like trivia. And so what you're doing is you're playing opponents every day. And so you're playing against yourself for one, you're playing against your opponent in the match, and then you're socializing with a wider friend group on the experience. Okay. Some people don't even like care about the head-to-head part. They like they would just as soon just go to the website and answer six trivia questions every day. So it's six questions every single day. So it's six questions every weekday for 25 days, and that's a season. And there are four seasons in a year. And then is it everybody versus each other or is there kind of a ranking system? How does that part of it work? Okay, so that's a great question. So the Learned League is essentially modeled off of European soccer leagues. So in the English football system, there are different levels. There's the premiership and then you go down from their championship and then so on. So it's a pyramid structure. That's how Learning League operates also. In, in the Central League, there is, there's A and B, and it goes down to E. And then there's also a separate level called R, which stands for rookie. So if you're a new player, you start in the rookie level. So if you finish high, then you move up to the next level. And if you finish low, you move down. So there's movement. There's movement up and down the pyramid structure. Is it possible for an individual to like come in as a rookie you know, unbelievable skills in, in trivia in Learned League and reach the top in a single season? Or is that just like unheard of? No, that's possible. It's actually built into the rules. So so typically, yeah, because the rookie thing is kind of where it breaks down with England, right? Because there are no like rookie teams. So, so in the rookie level, um, the top players go to B and then there's a group that goes to C, D, and E. But if there's a player who wins that rookie group in Central, if they do so well that they would have outscored the winner of the B level, then they go straight to A. That's called a battlefield promotion. 
And so we shoot that they don't belong anywhere else. They go straight to the top. Are there, are there a lot of those? Do those yeah. happen often? I mean, it's not like super common, but there are some. And are there any like celebrities or big names who are in the league? So I have two answers to that question. The first answer is yes. And the second answer is, I can't tell you who. Okay. Because there's a privacy policy. So I'm not at liberty to divulge the participants in the league. But there are some very famous people in the league. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Uh, I think this is maybe my 10th season. My career record, I just looked up, is uh, 94, 92, and 39. So just over uh, 500%. Why do you do Learn League? Well, it's about 100 days a year that you're, that you're answering the same questions as the rest of your branch. And I think it's a great way to sort of start the day, at least for me. It, it helps me build a routine, think about things that otherwise might not have crossed my mind that day. I, it, has, it has had a positive effect on my life. Um, and at the very least, you know, you can talk to your friends about, oh, what a hard day it was, who got question three. And just something to, to think about. So, Thorsten's going to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> so, my question is, like, you've, over all of these, like, times, developed sort of a relationship towards Thorsten, his questions, his style. He's co- the sole commissioner of the league. Do you have any message that you would want to say to Thorsten? Um, so, I've never interacted with Thorsten before. Um, I would never uh, question one of his questions, you know, I, I think he does a great job. You know, it's always thought provoking, fair. And so I would just say, keep up the good work. Uh, you know, I have no, <laughs> I have no criticism or, listen, he controls the points. So uh, <laughs> I know where my bread gets buttered. <laughs> so one of the things I've heard about the league is like, you get these six questions. And you just enter in the answer, right? It's not like multiple choice or or anything like that. Yeah. But sometimes you could dispute answers, mm-hmm. right? Like sometimes like maybe the question could be worded in a weird way or maybe, you know, it's the constitution instead of constitution or something like that. Who knows? Some random thing. Yeah. How do you handle disputed answers? So, yeah, that happens all the time. But one of the things that makes for a good trivia question and is really hard is what's called pinning it, which means writing it so that there is just one answer. Okay. And so it's hard hard to write it. It's hard to test it. 
you know, because how do you test that? You can test that the answer is correct, but can you test that there's no other answer that could be correct? That's a different level testing a question. So yeah, that does happen. What usually I'll be aware of it beforehand. Like I know that there's more than one answer to a question. Like I'll give you an example. There was a question recently where the correct answer was Buddha. And so obviously Buddha is the answer. Well, Buddha had other names, right? Like Siddhartha and, you know, so all those alternate correct answers were accepted also. I mean, that's just fair. That's how it worked. But then there are times when I'll ask a question and somebody will think there is another answer that is correct. And when they do, they typically contact me about it. And so, and sometimes it's right, you know, like I, I fully admit, you know, sometimes there'll be questions where like the answer is correct, but then there's another answer based on the way the question is worded It left an opening for another answer, or it could be interpreted a different way. So, I mean, that's basically just a judgment call that I have to make, but I do, you know, it's like, yeah, that's, that's actually a direct, correct answer also. And so I'll, I'll accept it. So in your mind, like what separates a really good trivia question from a really bad trivia question? Well, so there's a lot of ways a trivia question can go wrong, but what makes a really good trivia question is it has to be something that is of interest. Like I'm careful to say versus interesting because you might see a question and you think that's not interesting, but someone thinks it's interesting. Like there's a validity to it. Like trivial is actually kind of the wrong word in a way because a good trivia question isn't like trivial. Like how many miles of paved roads are there in Yemen in 1961? Like that's trivial. Like that's not something anyone would know (laughs) or anyone would care to know, right? So it's got to be something like of interest. Okay. Um, It's got to be something that is answerable. So like it can't be too hard. And then on the other end, it can't be obvious either. It can't be too easy. So it's got, it's got to be in a range. And in Learned League, that's a trick to kind of like hit the spot where it's a good question for people who are really good and for people who are, you know, down toward the bottom. How much work do you put into it? Like how much time are you spending writing a question? Oh, it can vary wildly. Sometimes I'll hook onto something and like just a, a fully formed question just comes to me. And then that's it. Like the draft becomes the final question and it's like pristine and perfect. I mean, even then though, I would never just write a question off the top of my head. I would still like find other sources and supporting things and stuff. But, you know, so in those cases, not very much time. But then there are times I'll like key on something like, oh, I want to write a question about this and I'll work on it and I'll work on it and I'll work on it. And it'll be like an hour later and I give up. Like I cannot make this work. There's just no way to kind of form this in the way that I like it, where it's not too long or too jumbled or has 19 answers or is, you know, vague or is dull. So it, it varies incredibly. But uh, another thing that makes a great trivia question is what makes it time consuming a lot of times is that you don't want it to be too straightforward. You want it to be like, not just the information is interesting, but kind of the approach is interesting, the crafting of it. So there are like maybe different ways to come at it. The question itself is like a big stone. And there are a few different weaknesses in this, in this big stone. And you have a chisel and your chisel can work in one part of it based on your knowledge. Like, oh, I I think I know that, Uh, but then I can, can triangulate. And based on these other clues where I can rule that out 
and then you kind of just drill down and get the answer. And those those are the really good ones. Those are gold. So I figure that like you're sort of like a doctor in some ways where people will probably shout out trivia questions to you all the time knowing you do this. Just kind of like people would go to a doctor and be like, can you look at this weird like skin rash or something? Yeah. But one question I have is if I give you a fact, would you just talk through trying to turn it into a question? Okay, well, so, (laughs) yeah, we can do that. That sounds like fun, but that's actually, like, people don't, like, throw questions at me. They do kind of what you do, what you're suggesting here. They're, like, they know, they find out what I do, and they say, oh, give me a great trivia question. (laughs) Like, tell me what your favorite trivia question is. Like, I I don't know. I can't, I don't have a favorite. I can't even come up with it off the top of my head. But if I have some information, I can. (laughs) Okay, so I'm just, I, I gathered some random facts. All right. So... First random fact, Kleenex was originally designing a gas mask filter layer, but then World War I ended and they rebranded the product as a facial tissue. Okay, so try to take the statement that you just said and leave out one of those nouns and move it to the other side of the equation because that's the answer. So then it would be like, what company was originally designing a gas mask filter for World War I and converted their project to facial tissue. That's pretty easy. You know, okay. But the answer is Kleenex. So that's one way to go about it. But I, probably the best way was would be like, facial tissue was designed by Kleenex after their failed attempt to develop what type of product for World War I. Something like that. That's not quite there yet. But you oh, get okay. it? And so the answer is okay, gas so mask. Now I, I'm thinking it could be a suit. Yeah. Oh, okay. We'll do one more. Humans are the only animals with chins. Humans are the only animals with chins. Okay. So that's one of those things that's really trivial. So we'd have to come (laughs) up with more to kind of, I mean, it's a fun fact. So sometimes a trivia question starts with a fun, odd fact, and that's kind of a fun, odd fact. So what I might do is I might try to find like a medical term for chin. So... Humans are the only animals that possess a blah, 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 which is better known as what? Because then that gives you like, you, if you know what that medical term is, then boom, you're there. You got the answer. But if you don't, there might be a clue in the word, depending on what the word is. You know, there might be a Latin like that might indicate something on the face or something, or you just start thinking about what's a part of the body that only humans have. And so that gives you another way to kind of approach it. That was very fun. I think that was great. But you're more than just the trivia master, right? Coming up with questions. You're the commish. (laughs) What are some of the cold, hard truths of what goes into being the commissioner of such a competitive league? Yeah. So there's a lot, there are a lot of answers to that question. So there are a lot of, (laughs) a lot of issues that I deal with. If anyone has an issue in Learned League, the only place to take it is to the commissioner. So if there's an issue that they have with an answer they gave, or they didn't get the email that they thought they were going to get, or they weren't able to access the website, or they didn't know the rule about such and such, right now they all come to me. And, and like, you know, it's like sad stuff too. Like people like have to withdraw because of a family tragedy, or I get notified of someone's passing and, you know, that has to be handled and you know, in the league, which seems crass to like address how it will be handled in a trivia league when the person has died. But it's just, you know, 
myriad of sorts of things all across the spectrum. And people can take this very seriously. There are lots of people for whom Learned League is a very important part of their lives, which sounds silly and it would almost be kind of easy to joke about that, but I don't want to because that's like, I'm, I'm honored by that, that, that this thing that, that I've created, that I'm operating is important to them. So I want to respect that. And so I don't want to say like, dude, relax. It's just a trivia question. Well, Hey, they're paying for it. So, you know, there's, there's that, there's that aspect to it. But even beside that, like if it's important to you and my, I'm responsible for it, then, you know, I don't want to dismiss it. No, I didn't get it. I mean, it definitely is something that's important to a lot of people, especially since it's like a five days a week activity thing. How many people are in Learned League, by the way? Um, the number of players this season is right around 24,000. Wow. There are about, I think, 1,800 rookies or so. Okay. Yeah. So one of the things that a- attracted me so much learning about this, learning about Learned League, was that there are these thousands of people submitting answers over the internet. And every day, those thousands of people check a box that says they did not cheat. Yeah. This is the internet uh, where integrity often feels not existent. Is it? (laughs) What do you think it is about Learned League that makes it a competitive internet community with integrity? So, yeah, great question. So I do agree with you that it is a community with integrity, 100%. I think it would be naive to say that there is no cheating. Well, in fact, I know for a fact that that's not true. There is. There are people that get kicked out for cheating. But by and large, I think that the level of cheating, in my opinion, is quite low. And I think there are a few reasons for it. One, there's no physical reward for doing well. Like if there were a financial prize, even like a dollar, that would totally change the equation, <laughs> right? But there isn't. There's zero, zero dollars that... The only physical prize is out of the 20 plus thousand players, a certain number who finish high in the top level every season qualify for an annual championship. And the one single annual champion wins a scarf. And it's pretty much the same guy every year. (laughs) Troy Meyer is uh, one in like three years in a row. So he has a nice Learned League scarf. It's a custom scarf. It's pretty nice, but there's just one per year. So there's really, no one is cheating in order to get a scarf. And I get emails often from people who say other people are cheating. And some of them are, there's absolutely no evidence. Someone plays somebody and their opponent got all six questions right. And there's no way anyone could have gotten all six of those questions right in their mind. Therefore, that player was cheating. Well, no. I mean, <laughs> maybe they cheated, but that's not nearly even remotely enough evidence. But then there'll be like somebody who will email me and say, hey, Thorsten, I hate to say this, but I referred this guy is my buddy. We're on the same bar trivia team. You know, we're pretty much the same level and I'm at around 35% correct. I'm in L- Rundle D and he's winning Rundle A and he's getting... right. There's no way he's this good. And that's his friend, you know? (laughs) So it is effective. Another thing that kind of prevents cheating, I think, to a degree, is that at the core, this is a very solitary experience. They're all playing by themselves, alone with their brain, right? So when it comes down to that, like, what's the point of cheating? 
if you're cheating, I mean, you're not deceiving yourself unless you're a psychopath. So <laughs> like, it would just get boring. I think there's, there's a little bit of maybe a broader question that like knowledge is so often tied to utility. Yeah. I want to learn French so I could go to France and speak French and do French things. I want to, yeah. you know, learn about car mechanics so I could fix my car. Yeah. Learned League, the most you could get is a scarf. Yeah. What is the value of knowledge people receive from trivia? Or maybe a simpler way to say this would just be like, why bother learning all this useless stuff? So if you're just starting out in trivia, like if somebody's joined Learned League, they haven't really played trivia, but they're a smart person. They, they're like erudite or they, you know, they're knowledgeable, you know, they respect intelligence, but they're not really a trivia person. They might join the league and maybe not be that good at first, but they'll probably improve and maybe significantly just by playing because trivia just in general is something that you can improve on. Not super amount unless you really work hard at it, but you will improve. And I think in Learned League, particularly you will improve because Learned League is a specific type of trivia. Like, I mean, I, I definitely have a style. And so just kind of figuring out what the style of Learned League trivia is will help you improve quite a bit, right? And then you get better and you like it more and it becomes fun. And that's the entire only point of it. You're not going to answer a trivia question and then that's going to help you in your relationship with your kids. When you go home after work that day, or, you know, if you're having trouble with your spouse, learn a league's not going to help. It might hurt actually if you get too into it, but I don't want to like belittle it or like diminish it. No, but, but that's what it's for. It's a game. Awesome. Shane, this has been fantastic to learn more about learned league. Where can people find out more? Well, so learnedleague.com. So it's, L-E-A-R-N-E-D, L-E-A-G-U-E. People ask that a lot, actually, how you pronounce it, because it looks like maybe Learned League, but it's learnedleague.com. To join the league, unfortunately, you have to be invited. So ask around, put it on Twitter, put it on Facebook, go to your pub trivia, local pub trivia, and just scream out the word Learned League. <laughs> Someone will come talk to you. This episode, <laughs> this episode was written and produced by the always sunny and ever talented Matthew Brown. Thanks to Doug for today's trivia questions. Oh shit, you probably want those answers, don't you? All right, first question was the final word from the first line to Barney and Friends. That of course was Barney is a dinosaur from our imagination. Question two. The EOKA operation took place in what is now Cyprus. Question three, that album, posthumously released by Prince, was called Welcome to America, the number two. No letters accepted. Question four, a figure eight shape and a lima comes to us from the sun. Question five, the Ultimate Rewards Program comes from Ulta Beauty. And finally, Kiwi Caleb Shepard won the women's Olympic medal in rowing. He, of course, was his team's coxswain. And thanks to Shane for coming on the show. And now, as a member of Learned League in the Rookie Rundle, I have to say, Thorsten, your questions are breaking my mind. Stay weird, you fact-finding, trivia-loving unicorns.
If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.